This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This is the besotted Pride of West London podcast, and I'm sitting here in the virtual joint here after two Brentford games, which I have to say, they went all right. It wasn't brilliant, but we got some results under the bag and we didn't lose. So I'm sitting here smiling, knowing that we can go fourth into the weekend with a couple of uh, non-losses under our belt. My name's Billy Grant, and like I said, I'm sitting here in the virtual joint with my buddy, Dave Laney Lane. How are you doing, Laney? Yeah, I'm good, mate. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. I, as, you, I, as you just said, yeah, we haven't lost um, in the last couple of games. It kind of felt a little bit like uh, a bit of a defeat um, on, uh, on Tuesday night against Swansea, which we're going to go into in, a, in quite a bit of detail, I would have thought. But, uh, you know, fact is, we, we didn't, so... Uh, and you said we're we're perfectly poised. So when we do start winning again, we're we're really not that far behind the pace setters and the pace setters. They started losing as well. So uh, yeah, it's a bit of a bit of a kind of like a close top of the division. So yeah, I'm I'm, I'm all right. You are. I mean, you, you feel all right. I mean, I feel all right as well. And like I said to you, we've got to apologise to everybody because we actually can even inform you now that we are coming to you a little bit late. But there is a there is a good reason for that because you know to be quite honest with you we we, we, we had to sort of call up a few people and uh, a few judges and we were going to go to the courts because we had to sort of kind of you know we had to we had to get people to stop us to recording people were trying to get us to stop recording weren't they? Well, the, the the thing was, Bill, you know, we were getting ready to win against Swansea. Well, frankly, we did win against Swansea. You know, most importantly, we were winning against Norwich and Preston too by a tremendous amount of goals, Bill. There was a terrible fraud at Brentford, Bill. What, what should we do? What should we do? I mean, we were winning and then, well, we thought we need to shut down the opposition. So we thought if we go to the courts, to the Supreme Court and get the game stopped early, then we win all our games. What a brilliant idea. Well, we need to build a wall, like a big defensive wall, all the way across Brentford, Bill, from one side to the other side of the pitch. Big defensive wall. Build the wall. Build, build the wall, a wall. Bill. Build, that Build is the only wall. solution. And to be fair, and we're going to talk about it a little bit later with the spreadsheet winker, you know, with the goals that we've been leaking, you know, whether or not it's our fault or, or, or not our fault, we know that defensive wall that we all built, build a wall. 
build a wall. We know, <laughs> <laughs> we know that it will do the business. You can see we, we've had one day of lockdown and already we're going a little bit do lally, as you can beers. tell. Four more beers. Four more beers. Four more beers. Right, but no more. But listen, like I said to you, my name's Billy Grant. I'm here with Laney and we, we're, we're not going to be building any more walls. No one else is going to be grassing us up. No one else is going to be going to the courts and, and stopping us from, from scoring goals or winning games. But Tremendous amount of goals. Let's go back. Let's let's let's, let's Let's just go back to these last two games because, to be fair, we got four points and uh, there's an argument to say that, you know, I mean, I know there's a bit of disappointment there from the Swansea game, Laney, but if they said to you, you can get four points out of those two games beforehand, you probably would have taken them. So let's go and have a listen to what the fans had to say in both of those games, both the Luton away game and the Swansea at home game after the match in the pub. Yeah, Luton had very little up front. We we had them exactly we wanted to, and it seemed like a it seemed like a really calculated performance. And I thought we just dominated the game start to finish. Really, but the first fifteen was a bit of a uh, chess match, and then after that we controlled it. We worked them out, and, and we were dominant, mate. So um, what was truth was frustrating. Where I thought I thought they played really well and didn't get what they deserved. Today it all came together, and um, yeah, really pleasing, mate. Mate, 3-0 is a, is a fantastic result for us away from home. Uh, love to see Fours score with his first touch. Ivan Tony banging him in again. Mate, I think we're really well placed. first 20 minutes of the game was quite tricky, I thought. It was kind of, I feel like we still had a bit of a hangover from, uh, from Wednesday or Tuesday even, the goal we conceded late on against Norwich. But I think after we got over that first 20 minute spell, sort of, Came into the game a bit more. Um, obviously got the goal and kind of kicked on from there. And then, yeah, as I said, when we got into the second half, we sort of opened up the, the spaces in the in the Luton defence and uh, kind of run away with it. In the end, we probably could have scored a couple more. It was just a very comfortable, assured performance where, you know, the confidence was boosted for the likes of Canos. Uh, Dalsgaard had a good game. You know, these are all people who we maybe had a little look at against after the Stoke and after the uh, Norwich games. De Silva... Played okay, but you know, I think Yanel was actually the standout player. I was just, I just watched him for a little bit of this game, and um, he was, he was brilliant. I've got to say, they were the better side. Um, you know, we got the goal, and I thought we might push on in the second half with that. You know, we sh- we showed signs that we could, we we could push on and do do quite well, but um, our ball retention was awful today, and then. In the first half, um, I, I counted two or three occasions where we weren't winning any second ball at all. And uh, you can't really do that against organised teams like Swansea because eventually they will punish you. I wasn't expecting us to be quiet in the back foot or be, or be put on the back foot like they did. Got to give Swansea credit for that, fair play. But I didn't think it'd last or be, they'd be as effective as much of the games they were, really. Um, their pressing game worked a lot. We never really got a passing game in gear, apart from a, maybe a few spells for over a few minutes. But no concern, not, not like a 20-minute spell, 25-minute spell where we were on top. I was disappointed at that. Um, the reasons for it, Swansea being a good side, like I say. Changes to the team do, kind of, do seem to disrupt us. Um, even if it's just one little change, like maybe good at centre-back, kind of disrupts the entire flow of the team. Which, I don't know, psychological or anything like that, or lack of experience. 
But then uh, there, was, there was just like, a couple of tassels in midfield that just didn't seem to go right for us. Uh, up front, I thought, I thought Tony, again, was just, was just superb. I think, I think he, he, he has been. Um, but he just the, the service wasn't there for him. You know, we, we had it in, in sort of small little bouts and stuff like that. But yeah, midfield, I thought we lost a little bit. Jensen a little bit off the boil um, when we know he can play so much better. Just a bit, I don't know, a bit of a disappointment. So two matches, two very different matches. First of all, we had Luton away from home. Like I said to you, we, we talked about last season where we kind of fluffed it against Luton. Again, you know, we could pick out so many games where... All we needed was one more point and we would have got automatic promotion and, and Luton was one of those games last season the cold and the rain and the snow. Oh, it's horrible, you know. The pubs beforehand, oh, terrible. Every, Luton game was just was just not happening last year. Um, of course, we didn't have to go to Luton this year because, uh, well, we, we shut out the match, you know. It was behind closed doors. So uh, we had to watch it in the boozers in our houses and um, it was a different scenario altogether the first 20 minutes as they said was a little bit of a chess game but after that we just opened them up and Ivan Tony just goes to show you why as we sing you know as we all sing together every time he scores a goal now everyone sings what a waste of money because uh, <laughs> from the, the early chance that were coming off of Ivan Tony where everyone was like saying oh my god I can't believe he paid money for him what a waste of money so every time he scores a goal now in the boozer in the house everything like that there's loads of chances of what a waste of money and that uh, what a waste of money he was laying wasn't he yeah, again, another fraud has taken place. Um, yeah, I, I, I think there was a, a few disgruntled bees, didn't there? First couple of games, he hadn't scores and he, he didn't look fit, uh, and he looked a bit off the pace. But you know, I think the the, the, the consensus was give him give him time, get give him a bit of space, give, cut him a bit of slack, and you know, give him a bit of service. I mean, I, I think yeah, I mean, Ivan Tony, ten out of ten, well done, well done. That is just incredible. But you know. I know, and I said flippantly, any of us would score goals in the, in our team because the amount of quality chances that, that that comes comes his way, and you know he he must have been salivating when Brentford came in for him because he just knew that he was going to get just the most guilt-edged chances and when you're able to finish like he does and you combine the two then it only means one thing and that means loads of goals so you know your your prediction of 46 in 46 that's not that's not like beyond possibility Bill that's you know if, if the chances keep coming and he keeps fit you know he, he, all he has to do is be sniffing around the, the six yard area and he's gonna get he's gonna get goals so uh you know, Marcus Force is the one for me that's kind of really st- standing out as well. You know, I don't think any of us, even in our wildest sort of nightmares, thought he was even going to miss that chance that came his way against Luton. You know, you give that lad half a chance and, and the ball goes into the net. He's, he is absolutely lethal. And that, that move to Wimbledon, and I think had a few of us scratching our heads last year. You know, we thought we could probably do with him in the team, but you know, it looks like that's paid off, and that's that's why we do send our players out. And it's kind of you know, at, at, at certain times, um, it's like Zamborek at the moment, where there's a few of us kind of going, well, really, isn't he? Isn't he be better with us still? But you know, I think they, I think they've seen one or two loan moves and the benefits that that come from playing regular first team football elsewhere. And that's the thing I think with the loan moves when when they don't get the first team. Um, experience uh, that's when it becomes a little bit questionable and we should be able to pull them back if they're not getting not getting the starts but yeah I thought I thought the Luton game in particular 
was a, was a real good shot in the arm. We needed some big performances after the you know after conceding late against uh, Norwich. Um, but we've played, we, you know, the two home games. Although we've dropped points, we've played two of the strongest teams in this division. And I know there's an argument that says if you don't beat the best teams in the division, you know, you're going to struggle to be in that top two. But you know, let's not let's not underestimate how how strong Norwich and Swansea are going to be this year. Swansea pushed us all the way in the playoffs, pretty much. It took a massive performance back at Griffin Park to turn that tie around. So you know, they're no mugs, and um, you know, it's just just a bit frustrating. We didn't see the game out, Bill. Really frustrating. I mean, we're going to talk more about the Swansea match as well. We'll be talking about the Luton match. But I'll tell you something, before we do that, let's just have a little bit of statistical analysis. We're going to go to the spreadsheet winker. Will also, except for Will can't be there at the moment now because he's in his lab somewhere. He's doing all sorts of experiments and everything like that. But it doesn't stop Will from giving us the information, the facts that we need, the stats that we need. And he's handed them over to Sp- uh, Bill, the spreadsheet winker. And Bill the Another Winker. Yeah, that's right. So Bill the Spreadsheet Winker is going to give us the information that Will the Spreadsheet Winker has told us about the Swansea and the Luton game. Wink, 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 wink. And a last-minute change of plan because Will the Spreadsheet Winker has turned up with a load of stats and he's going to give them to you himself. So here's Will the Spreadsheet Winker. Spreadsheet winker, he's a winker, This week we're going to give a rundown of both the Luton and Swansea games. Let's start with the Luton game. It was a 3-0 win for the Bees. In terms of XG, Bees had 2.26 and Luton had just 0.22. Luton had no chances over 10% and only three shots in the box the entire game. They were toothless in attack. But the Bees' defence can be pleased with their performance, especially without Pontus at centre-back. Vitaly Janot proved his defensive worth again, winning three tackles from central midfield and breaking up Luton's play. The Brentford goals were all very different. First of all, Rico Henry's 25-yarder on 20 minutes. It had just a 4% chance of going in on average, and it's one of the few long-range goals we've scored this campaign. Rico did brilliantly to get the ball across the keeper, whose dive to his far side was not quite enough to stop the shot. Then there was Ivan's ninth of the season on 29 minutes, a huge 72% chance of another Umbermo cross, which was possible after a fantastic crossfield pass by Camps. It's also Brian's fifth assist this season. Marcus Falls continued his prolific scoring form with his 41% chance in the 76th minute. It was a great counter move started by Jensen, who won the ball in midfield before playing through Marcus, who slotted home from the edge of the six-yard box. This was a hugely dominant performance from the Bees stopping dead a Luton team who had won four games in the championship up until that point. Now let's have a look at the Swansea game. In terms of XG, Bees had 1.36 and Swansea had 1.34. The two goals stand out here. First of all, Ivan Tony's 10th of the season, a 57% striker's goal in the 36th minute off a Jensen cross down the right-hand side, which seems to be where the majority of his goals are coming from. And Burmo was again instrumental in the creation of this one. Then there was IU's slightly sickening 77th minute goal, a huge 63% chance of a deep cross at the edge of the 6th yard box. Raya pulled off several excellent saves this game, making four key stops to keep the Bees in the game. Despite their perceived dominance, Swansea actually only created two chances above 10%, IU's goal and another shot on 77 minutes with 0.29 xG. The rest of their shots were mainly speculative, many were outside of the box or from wide positions where it's much harder to score, giving lower xG values. 
Conversely, despite having only seven attempts all game, Bees made three big chances. Two were from headers in the latter stages of the game, from Pinnock and Dal's goal. Both were roughly 30% chances, so not unlikely to go in. Because of this, whilst I wouldn't say the Bees were unlucky not to win, I would say that much stranger things have happened than one of those two headers going in. Like, for example, Reading being top of the league, despite being close to the relegation zone in terms of the XG table. This was a very tight game between two teams who I believe, based on the data from games so far, will be in the shakedown come the end of the season. Just one more thing to finish. This season Brentford have conceded 3.97 more goals than expected so far. This suggests that we've been on the end of some incredibly rough luck. The law of large numbers says that this should even itself out at least somewhat by the end of the season. So here's to some better luck for the Bees. Thanks for that, Will. Will also, so check him out. He's tell you something that was really, I thought that was really good, really interesting as well. Like a lot of people keep saying, "Oh, I'm not interested in stats," but listen, you, you just take it as it comes. Use the information or what information you might you need and the information that you might not need. But I just think, you know, when you sort of see that, you could just see things in a sort of slightly different way. Yes, of course, you know, we saw things like, you know, Ivan Tony. I mean, the chances that he that he scored those goals against Luton, it was interesting. I mean, one of those chances that he scored, I mean, not be funny. You can only get a better chance if it was a penalty. It was like 74% or something like that, you know. And and also the interesting one as well, he also had a 59 or 57% chance against Swansea as well. And I think that's the interesting thing about Tony because he's putting himself in positions where basically he can't do anything but score. And that is a sign of a real striker. And the fact is that, you know, as you said before there, Laney, about us creating these chances and he must be salivating. I mean, these are the kind of chances that strikers, really good strikers, love. And we create chances like that all the time. We've created chances like that in these games. You know, we create chances like that and they've missed as well. But the fact is that if we continue to create chances like this and you've got somebody like Tony scoring, and I know you laugh at me enough, you've done the whole thing in the pub as you could hear. We're talking about... Tony scoring 46 goals in 46 games and it is a little bit tongue-in-cheek but you never know it's, it's almost like when we say that Brentford are going to win nine games out of nine after lockdown and we started off saying oh they're going to win them and after you got to like the seventh sixth or sixth game you're thinking actually this might be on and there's probably no reason why Tony can't unless he obviously gets injured it's or got, something it's got to stay fair it's got to stay yeah. fair yeah. and that's the thing so but what I'm saying is that you know so that may compensate for certain other things that might not be happening within Brentford, which, you know, you might have said last season, traditionally, this is what the Brentford team are like, you know, whether or not it's our slick passing play or, you know, Ben Rama cutting in and doing all sorts of tricks and then, you know, back nutmegging people and putting the ball into the back of the net. You know, there's a bit of a compensation there, isn't it? Yeah, there is. Um, you know, he, he, he is like a, you know, a, a massive plus point without him in the team at the moment. Um, I think we'd be sort of like struggling um, a little bit. I mean, I know I know you can say that force may be there, but I think uh, I think we're str- we think we're struggling looking for positives in terms of performance, especially Tuesday night. I thought Brentford was subdued. I thought we were off the pace. I thought we let, lacked our usual creativity. I think we scored against the run of play really. Um, you know, again, frustrating. We didn't hold out, but you know, I, I thought without David Raya pulling out a couple of saves. Um, we were pre- we were pretty much second best, I thought, you know, being honest with you. Um, and there's there's players that are kind of just not not on their game, you know. I, I think good, um, I'm not, you know, he isn't at the moment, is he? 
Um, he looks like he's out of his depth, I'd, I'd, I'd say. I mean, that's not, to, that's not to write him off and that's not to say I'm not going to give him a chance, but he looks a weak link. Um, um, he looks like he's not comfortable with playing the ball out, um, um, starting slowly at the back and having to sort of kind of dictate or create play. Um, maybe he's learning that, which I think, you know, obviously Thomas Frank and the coaches are happy to, to throw him in, so we've got to give him trust. Um, you know, I think the the, the Sergi Canoff situation. I think there's a lot of spiteful, horrible comment about about Sergi Canoff that's circulating on, on social media, which I, I find I, I think it's disgusting. And yeah, I think it's fair to say that uh, a player's not performing to his potential. We know that. Sergi knows that. Um, he doesn't deserve the the, the, the spite. I, I think he. I think. I think obviously giving him a bit, giving him you know, look, not not calling him out. I don't, I don't, think he, I don't think we we shouldn't be able to say what we think of players' performances, um, you know. And he, he did he did kind of get away with giving that free kick away in the last minute, like he did against, uh, um, like he did the previous week against Norwich, and it, and, it, and it did lead to a goal. This one was disallowed, but um, you know, uh, he didn't learn from his mistakes, and that that could have been that could have been really really bad. So. Uh, yeah, I think it's fair to, to say he's not playing well, um, but you've got to, you've got to sort of like acknowledge what a great player he's been for our club, and he's fighting his way back from serious knee injuries still. Um, and I think I think we just get off his back and give him give him time to improve. You know, Macondes is another one that seems to be um, a lot of a lot of people seem to really have it in for him. And yeah, okay, he's he's he's, he's probably not world class. Um, but you, you think what well, he, he does contribute? Um, he scored a load of goals for us in the running last time, and he's able to deliver great, great free kicks. And I, and I, I think he's been asked to probably play slightly away from where he where he would like. Um, so I, I, I just think again, you know, we we we've, we've got this really intense uh, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday going on, and there is rotation. Um, admittedly, yeah, they do have to up their game overall um, in some of the games, but I, th- I honestly think that the, the schedule and the points we've got already are fine. You know, once we do get into the swing of it and we, we start um, playing the, the start, like the, the lesser teams in this division, I think we're really going to start uh, racking the points up. So, um, you know, hopefully we can start doing that on Saturday against Middlesbrough. Tell you something, Rico had a, had a really, really good. He's, a, he's such a good player, isn't he? He had a really, really good game, and he scored a fantastic goal from long range. And uh, if you notice, we don't score that many goals at the moment. Now we kept ourselves quite tight in what we do. And uh, like I said to you, we're not doing that many long, long ranges this season. So that was a bit of a rarity, wasn't it? A nice rarity. Oh, he's, he's he's out of this world, isn't he, Rico? Um, you know, he, he's, he's obviously going to be centre of attention from other clubs uh, as we get in towards the next transfer window. He, he is Premiership quality, he's, he's without any shadow of a doubt. He's he's one area we do not have to strengthen. We I mean, obviously we need cover there, but because he he just puts in just the most ridiculous shift. It's fast. He gets up the pitch. He gets back and he defend. If he loses possession, he always seems to reel um, the forward in and and win it back or marshal it out for a throw. Uh, he, yeah, he's, he's he's kind of 
in the form of his life, I, I think. And you know, I think it's inevitable that he's going to be causing lots of attention. And he and he was, you know, I think he was last transfer window. I think, I think he was one of those players that we just told him, you don't even think about it, mate. You're, not, you're going nowhere. So, uh, you know, but the, the, the rumours and the, the, the interest is, is, is not going to is not going to dilute. And uh, you know, we we do, we will have to replace him at some stage because it's inevitable that if we don't go up, he's going to be looking to go. And, and you know. It's interesting because, uh, I mean, just looking at that match, Swansea, you know, uh, with, with their, their strengths. I mean, it's interesting in that match because we, we were seen as not really having any significant strengths in that game and we were quite aggressive. So it was kind of, you know, as they say, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't one of our best games where Swansea stole the bowl a lot. You know, they're effective at creating goals through and opportunities and from long shots, they scored opportunities as well. If anything, they were caught offside quite a bit. But in general, like you know, they you know they got set pieces and scored opportunities from that. But but saying that, they didn't actually, from an XG um, perspective, which means you know the quality of shots, they only had sort of two chances over ten percent. You know, so uh, so that's that, you know that that is quite interesting in itself. I mean, other than Ayu's uh, goal as well, which is which was quite a big XG. But other than that, they only had two other chances over ten percent. Uh, but they did limit our chances to only seven. But there was three big ones. So we actually, you know, even though we didn't create loads, we still were creating these sort of kind of decent opportunities. In this case, of putting them away. And the reason why I mention that is because Steve Cooper, obviously, we had a bit of beef with him after the playoffs, and he wasn't very happy that we beat them in the playoff final, but. He's come back again and he seems to have continued the beef before the match as well. You know, you sort of saying a few things. Then after the match, you know, he's going, we were a much better side and we were this. He was just basically just giving it large and just trying to sort of kind of stoke the fire. And we thought the game's over. It doesn't matter. It's a one or draw. Don't worry about it. But he seems to have something against Brentford in a major way, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, he, he, he does. He gets, does get a bit irrational after the games, doesn't he? You said, he, you said like his comments on Tuesday... And he was he was very adamant that Rico sending off was kind of you know malicious and it was a definite red and that's the one that was revoked. So um, he, he does he does seem to sort of put himself out on a limb and it does, it does sort of uh, threaten to make himself look stupid. Um, so um, yeah, I mean, but he probably might have had a point about them being the better team on the night. If I'm honest with you, as I said, you know, I, I felt that overall that we were a bit. Jarzy to be in front. It was a good goal, um, but then you know there was a couple of chances. I think you know disappointed with Dalsgaard's finishing. I expected to him to be able to hit hit the target with his header, and um, the shot he had there was there was a there was a, a, a shot that he should have curled it into the far corner. Um, for some reason, he just dragged it uh, past the near post, and the goal. He was never going to be the goalkeeper at his near post, so it was just poor decision making I think um, but you, you really didn't want those chances necessarily to fall to him probably you know you wanted it to be to the Josh De Silva or Mbwemo to be curling it in with their left foot not Dalsgaard so yeah no I, no I hear that as well you know and, and it's one of those things I mean what I thought was an interesting stat there that you said though is that we've actually conceded four more goals than we were expected so we're actually um, probably been a little bit unlucky 
with the goals that we expected, you know, or the, the goals that we've conceded, and we're probably in a slightly worse position than we should have been. You know, one of them, obviously, a very obvious one is that, that Norwich goal, which, you know, I think the chance was 3% of that, or maybe 2%. You know, so 98 times if that shot was taken, that would never have gone in the back of the net. So we've been a little bit unlucky with that, and probably our, our position is uh, probably slightly false compared to where it should be. But also, I think we also do base ourselves a lot on where we were last season, especially towards the back end of last season, where we were properly flowing and we were doing the business. Whereas people forget, you know, at the beginning of last season, we were a little bit stop-start and we were still trying to find our feet. And that's kind of where we are at the moment now. Um, and also, the other thing I want to say is also is the other thing is that don't forget, we are, you know, we're actually only two points off the playoffs. Borough, who we're playing on Saturday, which we'll be talking about in a bit, are 17 points. We're on, we're on 15 points. So we're only two points behind them, and we're sort of kind of uh, four points behind Swansea, which are in, uh, are in second place. So again, it's still very, very early days. And again, if we're coming back to the stats side of things as well, we're actually number one in the expected goal table. You know that sort of mythical table that you know sort of people say you know yeah yeah you don't you, know, you can't be you know you can't be top on a spreadsheet you've got to be top in the real league which is true but you know we're number one Norwich are number two Blackburn are number three Swansea are number four you know and our forecasted position is probably is actually second at the moment behind Watford who their forecasted position is number one and at the moment now they're about twelfth or fourteenth in the expected goals table so it's interesting you know how things are panning up so. We're thinking that things aren't going particularly well for us, but I think out there the people maybe who are running our club are probably thinking, actually, things aren't too bad at the moment now, and if we start to click into gear, things can only get better. Yeah, it's good to see Reading's wheels are coming off as well. Um, I think uh, you know people were expecting their, them to be running away with it. I mean, they had a great start. But look, they, they lost 3-0 at home to, to Preston. And, uh, you know, we lost 4-2 at home to Preston. So, you know, obviously uh, it, it happens to other teams as well. So uh, in, it means that the top of the division is getting tighter. So what we really need is two straight wins, to be honest. You know, it's, it's the draws that do hurt us. But, it's bit, you know, I think it's psychologically it was better for us to, uh, to get a draw um, the last two home games than it was to lose one of them. So... Uh, I, th- I think, you know, Borough's going to be a toughie. Warnock's teams uh, are not easy to play against. We know that. But I think, I think you know, we, we will, I think we'll beat them. And um, I think we can go into the international window kind of a little bit, kind of on a high, hopefully. We're going to go definitely on a high. So, listen, that was a good little chat about those two games. Then, like I said, yeah, I think come out, I'll come out there a little bit buoyant, actually, you know, considering I'm going to be locked down for the next sort of three, four months or something like that. You know, just thinking about the fact that we've actually we've done all right. We're coming out, you know, stats people say we're doing all right, you know, and we can only get better. And Ivan Tony's on the way to 46 goals. But anyway, we're going to have a few more little stats and figures and facts. We've got JB, Jonathan Burchill, with his stat attack. He's going to give us... A few more thoughts in and around Brentford and some very unusual stats. Are you ready for this? I told you it was coming. Who? JB. And he's ready to stock it to you one time. Uh, get it. Hi, Jonathan Birchall here again. A comprehensive 3-0 away win at Luton created another record for Thomas Frank. It was the fifth time his side have won away in the league, scoring three or more goals and keeping a clean sheet. No other manager or head coach has achieved this number in our Football League history, irrespective of how many games they've been in charge. Injuries are playing more of a part this season. After nine league games last year, we had seven players who had started every match. This year it's only four. And in the last few games there have typically been four players out injured, 
whereas at a similar stage last year it was less than half that number, although we are three points better off. It was announced that the new third kit white shirts were to be worn against Swansea. These are no strangers to white shirts, as we ditched the predominantly blue shirts and opted for white as our new shirt colour when we joined the Football League 100 years ago in 1920. They continued to be worn for four more seasons before we changed to the much more familiar red and white stripes in 1925. There you go, Thomas Frank, the record breaker. Five games. Well, no one else has won an away game by more than three goals. Five times. He's Thomas Frank has done it. He's, he's got the record, the most. You know, three nil away wins. He's he's potty for it. You know what I'm saying? Uh, there you go. You pat, pat on the back for for Thomas. You, you, you be patting him on the back, Laney? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he's, he's proper pat there. Yeah, well, I would do, <laughs> but, pat, but, yeah. but 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 I can't. I can't at the moment. I'm not allowed two meters. Anywhere, anywhere closer than two meters from him, he's not in my bubble. So uh, I'll have to wait. I'll give him a, I'll give him a punch in the back later on. That's right, that's right. And I thought it's quite interesting as well because the players, uh, you know, to be fair, again we talk about luck. Luck could be many different things. And last season we were pretty good with injuries. We were lucky with injuries. You know, Pontus was out around Christmas time. But other than that, we were pretty, you know, we managed to hold on pretty firm, pretty much like we did with the Warburton year, which is a season that we almost went up. It was pretty much, actually, it's almost like those two playoff years are quite similar when it came to injuries. We had hardly any injuries that season and we managed to go all the way through and sort of quite a skeleton team. We had a slightly bigger squad last season, but we had hardly any injuries. But this season... Oh, don't forget Sergi, mate. We had Sergi out for a chunk of last season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. But, you know, Sergi, and I'm not... I'm not knocking Serge's injury but I'm just saying in general you didn't have two or three or four players you're sort of juggling them around and even though we get frustrated it obviously goes to show you how much of an impact it can be I mean we're sitting down there scratching our heads trying to work out okay if Norgard's playing who's going to be playing in his place you know is it going to be Janel is it going to be Jensen you know Jensen is it going to be or is it Marconda's going to be in there somehow is it you know De Silva what's he going to be doing you know and and, and it's a bit of a head scratch and we're not even we're not even the head coach isn't it yeah I, I do actually think as well as a kind of a slightly wider point it seems to be a more of an intensity to have to win every single game at the moment. I, I do, I do fear kind of like that if we don't win, it's just you know we go into sort of social meltdown. I, 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 maybe I maybe I spend too much time on social media. Maybe I just need to back away after after games if we don't win. But uh, there's this you know I, I, I don't I, I think maybe you know obviously I want to know what people are saying. That's part of what we do on the you know on the podcast and on the fanzine is to kind of kind of like be aware of what the vibe is and kind of kind of just kind of uh, get as many different views and, um, and and represent as many different expressions as, as, as is possible. But the, this in, this real intensity, I guess, because of the fact we can't go to the games, in fact, because the only way we can really share um, our opinions on on the matches, it's, uh, you know, really is in WhatsApp groups and um, and on social media. So you you get the, the and the and the, the more out, outrageous and the most kind of dramatic um, rants, they're the ones that kind of stand out. But uh, I, I do feel that it's slightly skewed into having to win every game of course you know I, I, I was loving the, the the straight wins in, in as we were coming out of lockdown into the playoffs you know it was it was just incredible watching us win every week but you know that's we, we, we were saying at the time how unusual it is it just doesn't happen you know um, so uh, I, I 
but I, I think you know if we got two two wins now um it, we, we're really right up there right in the mix we'll be firmly in the top six with another six points and you know we've got a lot of of football to be played of course and we're I think we're only going to get better I, I think you know there's players like Godos that are still finding their feet and tr- still trying to find a work out um their role within the team he's, st- he's starting a lot and he's I think he's playing okay um, I think he's only going to get better. I think uh, I honestly think Tony's only going to continue scoring, um, and Force is is kind of as I said earlier, he's just an incredible talent. I think you know once once other players start hitting the sevens and eights consistently, I think our season will will go from strength to strength. We're not we what we've seen. We're not relegation fodder. We're not we're not in trouble in any way, shape, or form this season. But we just have to make sure that we we are hitting those heights more regularly. We're not going to win every game. Come on, you know it's just it's just it just doesn't happen. But well, I think you know I I think we ought to just kind of take a little bit of a chill pill, perhaps. I think we're definitely going to be chilling. Um, like I said to you, loads of games, we can talk about it every week, but there are lots of games to come. And by the time, the, the, the one positive thing, like I said to you, if you get a bad result, by the time that bad result's gone, you go to bed again, you wake up again, there's another game coming, and then you think, we can actually pull this one back. So, uh, you know, and so for, for me, that, that's the positive side of things. It's interesting because, you know, just talking about that, though, and this game's coming thick and fast, and also, you know, the fact that, you know, we're, you know, can't go down the pubs and watch the games anymore, so we're going to have to be in our houses and watching it for the next few weeks. And I'm just projecting ourselves because the first month was thick and fast where you had um, league match, cup match, league match, cup match, league match, cup match. And then it's changed to league match, league match, league match. Now we're going to have a sort of league, league, league match. And then we're probably a little bit, then all of a sudden, you know, and maybe I'm thinking a bit too far ahead here. We've got a cup game coming towards the end of December. We've got Newcastle in the quarterfinal of the League Cup. Now... How do we approach that one? We've got a situation where, you know, Norgard's not in. We're trying to sort of kind of, we're trying to save ourselves already for, for the league games and rotate people. But, you know, what do we do? Do we go hell for leather and just get them all out there and play in that game and try and win? Or, or do we kind of just, you know, use it as another, you know, warm-up exercise as we, you know, and training exercises have we done with No, no. <laughs> per- person, no, personally, Bill, personally, Bill, we go hell for leather to, to win that game, you know, then depending on who we we, we draw, we're we're a game away from the final. You know that's that's <laughs> we we're we're a good enough team to get to the to get to the semis. I think uh, I think Newcastle will come to to New Griffin Park really really scared. If I'm honest with you, um, so I, I I think we go for that. And I think December is just a crazy month fixture wise, isn't it? It's it's just it's, and I and I and I think. On a, a slightly wider point, again, is you know you, you think we're going into lockdown now, and us football lovers, football is a very important part of, of keeping us keeping us sane. I think, um, and you know the Brentford games can't can't come round quick enough for me personally. Um, I, I prefer Wednesday, Saturday, the game the games come around even quicker then. Um, so it's uh, it, it's a, it's a strange one. I think you know, and if, if Brentford are, are playing well and winning, I think it's uh, it's going to help us over the next you know weeks and maybe even longer. Who, who knows how long how long the game's going to last for? That's right. So listen, so, so listen. Thanks to Jonathan Birchall JB with his funk there as well. He likes a bit of funk, Jonathan. He's giving us the stats and the facts and Laney. Oh, I was going to say, yeah, the white shirts, mate. What a load of nonsense that was on Tuesday night. 
<laughs> honestly, oh, I, I, that is that was shocking. I mean, I, I couldn't, I didn't even know what team I was looking at. If I'm honest with you, you know, I'm used to us in red and white or a dark shirt, and then Swansea were the ones in the dark shirt. We, we, we look like we look like Fulham. We, yeah, we look like Fulham or Bloomin' Diana or Leeds for even worse. Even, and then um, I, the the the. Like the the reference to the salmon and the rowing club, like really, that was just like pinstripes on a cuff, you know. So uh, I, I, yeah, I think that was. Uh, I, I don't think we should have worn the third kit in that game. I really don't. No, it's, again, it's one of those ones where you know you 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 start to think. You know, a lot of people say, stop getting so traditional. You shouldn't be. You don't need to be so traditionalist. What people will say. You know, we're Brentford. Let's just kind of get on with it. But you know. The fact is, you know, it's interesting, you know, in the booze and everyone's saying, look, we're wearing red and white stripes. Everyone's actually wore their red and white stripes deliberately because they're thinking, well, if the team ain't going to wear it, at least we can represent wearing our red and white stripes. So, like, literally everyone in the pub, except for there's a couple of characters wearing the white shirts, which is fair enough because they probably bought them and they wanted to wear them out and sort of do the old bride and probably sort of, you know, show a similarity to what was on the screen there. But, you know, the red and white stripes was, uh, was great, but it was a bit frustrating. And it's almost, to me, that the question that we asked when we came to the playoff final and we wore the blue kit as opposed to the red and white stripes. And it was one of those ones where if we actually did, I know we didn't, but if we actually did win the playoff final and we got to the Premier League, the photograph of us winning the playoff final would have always have been in the blue kit. And you sort of think, do, do you want, you know, these really momentous moments? I mean, I know Wednesday wasn't momentous, but you know what I mean. To be in, in, you know, in, in your traditional colours and to be associated with traditional colours, and, and 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 I think you know you're precisely right because that was that was quite bizarre. I mean, I spent the first five minutes going, "Come on!" You know, as Swansea were having an attack, or not, you know, attack, um, forgetting that we were in, the, forgetting that we were in the white. So um, yeah, it was quite bizarre. Yeah, uh, I you know I, I again also have to kind of acknowledge that we do have to make some money commercially while while, while you know at, at this time. But um, you know, I, I, yeah, I, I just I just didn't I don't like it, the white kit. Um, and you know, if you're going to give it a full reference to the rowing kit uh, that we, we 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 started playing in in 1889, then do it properly. You know, have it an exact replica. I mean, having a couple of like barely visible stripes on your cuff it doesn't i don't think it pays uh the heritage due due respect either so uh, it was just a commercial decision um to sell a few bits of kit so uh, no i didn't enjoy it at all so yeah so listen but listen jb thank you for your stats thank you for your facts very very interesting but we've got to move on and tell you what as well We've got a little bit of a kind of, uh, well, we, we, we put a little sort of request out to people and they've been very, very nice. And we'll talk about that just after this little twang. So, yeah, tell you something. We just, somebody told us about this little kind of, little, little scheme that's going up there. Like I said to you, the Patreon will be going around and we weren't quite sure whether or not we'll tuck into the old Patreon. But somebody said, listen, you should try the coffee because what you do is you put it up there. There's absolutely no obligation. Just do what you want to do. Just carry on doing what you're doing. Do your writing, do your podcasting, do your whatever, do your post-match pub stuff. Just put it up there and just, just give people the option. If they, if they like what you're doing, they can buy you a beer. And as you know, we you know we like to go down the pub every now and again. Doesn't necessarily mean you have to drink because you go down the pub. I mean, I've been, I've been doing the old 0% alcohol um, for the last, well, since lockdown, actually. You know, it's not a problem. As you know, go down the globe, get yourself a 0% beer. Doesn't It's all about me 
being with your characters, being around there, having a bit of a laugh, got a beer in your end, not necessarily having the alcohol, but, you know, still having a beer. So, you know, we came up with this thing saying to something, if you want to buy us a beer, you can do, and all you need to do is go to besotted.com forward slash, forward, forward slash, forward slash beer. So besotted.com forward slash beer. Beer, or just go to the Besotted website forward slash beer and you'll see it. There's a little tab on there, buy us a beer. And like I said to you, we've been doing it and people have been so kind. Thank you very much, people. Obviously, you know how much we like beer and uh, all sorts of other lubricants as well. A little bit of coffee, a little bit of tea, whatever like that. And they, they'd be great. Haven't they, Laney? Have you been... Lubric- lubricants? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no, trust you to start What, have you, what on earth have you been buying? <laughs> There you go, lady. You've been locked away far too long. We need to get you to go and have a walk around the block, lady. <laughs> but listen, but listen, I've got to, got to have a little thanks, Cameron Brooks. Okay, no lubricants there, Cameron. Um, said love the content, keep it up. So thanks very much, actually. Um, had, a, had, a, had a beer in you, Cameron, as well. And um, Madaraka B as well. Love you guys. And I tell you something, I reckon Madaraka B is actually Liberal Nick's mum. Or Liberal Nick's, well, as a relative of Liberal Nick anyway, who said, love you guys, especially Liberal Nick, the complete entertainer. Sam Laney, do you, have you got any clues as to who that might be? Uh, yeah, it's probably, I reckon it's the Dutchman, actually. I reckon, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and what do you reckon that is? He's a big, he's a big lover of Liberals, I think. He's just... Yeah. That, that is that is true. That is true, Dutchman. If this is not the truth, I think you need to go in front of the judge and actually put forth your case as well. And like I said, she's just giving shout outs as well because, like I said to you, lots of people, um, you know, just buying us a beer, going back and buying us another beer, rotating on just just loads and loads of beers. And like I said, you were going to be locked down for a bit, so it might come in quite handy. We'll get a couple of, couple of cases or two as we sit here and we just knock out the podcast. Like I said, Sue Terry as well, Laney, Sue Terry. Um, she's loving all the hard work you put in. Keep it up, she says, especially loves the dulcet tones of Laney. We mentioned this last week, but you weren't on Laney last week. So I thought we'd just mention it again. Sue Terry, um, she loves your dulcet tones. Yeah, yes, cheers, Sue. I'm, I, I, your, your son, John, is, uh, is a good, is a good uh, friend of mine. So, uh, yeah, okay. I appreciate that. That is, presum- that, that is making presumption, but we're not saying that at all. Laney's obviously fixated with, 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 with Jonathan Terry, as it is. And Sue, we're not saying that at all. Thank you very much for your for your beers that you bought for us as well. Scott Williams, as we said, Robert Keane, you know, great, great work and that Hook B. We talked about you guys before as well. Um, you know, we got we got, you know, Hook B, Keane, J- Jason as well. Jace, you know, he's great in the boozer every week as well. Fleet John, and I wanted to give a shout out to the Fleet John as well listens every week sends us a few little messages here and there giving us a little bit of feedback and stuff that he really loves as well been going for years and years the fleet john top yeah. top guy top. fleet john really do appreciate he sent, he sent that crate of vaseline in didn't he <laughs> yeah, right, okay forget the lubrication <laughs> dave goodman as well thanks very much for that one uf as well robert key we talk about you we just keep rotating all these people thank you very much guys as well like i said you were going into lockdown um so yeah we very much appreciate your support and everybody else's support who sits down and listens to us and makes us realize that we are we're not speaking to a well speaking to an empty room as it is so but anyway look we've got we got a big game on saturday again we got Borough, the team who used to be our bogey team. But there's no more bogeys anymore with that team because we turned it around recently. But now they've come back and they've got, well, they call him Colin, but I'd like to give a little bit more respect, Mr Neil Warnock. 
I remember him when we lost against Huddersfield all those years ago and he made me cry. But hopefully he's not going to be making me cry on Saturday as he comes and uh, we're playing the, the, the Borough. And we need to speak to a Borough fan who knows all about Borough, Andy Roberts from the Smoky Scholars podcast. Here's what he got to say about Middlesbrough. Hi, this is Andy Rubble here from the Smoggy Scholars podcast. Been a Borough fan since the late 70s, following them home, and I can get to as many weird games as I possibly can. Frustrated that we can't go to any at the moment, though. This season has been completely different from what I expected it to be. I didn't expect it to be this high up in the table, even with a change of manager. There's no doubt that with Woodgate in charge, this game would not be happening, and we would be a League One team by now. We just had no direction and no tactics under him at all. Whereas now under Warnock, he's come in and he's made such a difference. It's like chalk and cheese. Um, he's got us organised. He's got the players committed. He's got players who have been so poor that we were w- wanting rid of them in, in by the end of the season into first-teamers. And all it, all it is is basic organisation. That's the only difference between Warnock and Woodgate is organisation. He's got a set formation, everyone knows their role on the pitch and the players are playing to the best of their abilities and some of them are even playing above their abilities. Uh, the, the run so, this season so far has been far better than I thought it would be, um, especially when we went down at Watford on the first game of the season, which I don't think we should have lost. But we went there, we lost 1-0 and we thought, well, here we go, we've got a tough start of the season um, and we're going to be facing an uphill battle. But we haven't lost since then in the league. Um, we're not conceding many goals, we're solid at the back, we're frustrating teams and then we just tried to pick that one opening or two openings where we can get the goals and just up, just free the game up a little bit. Um, the, the the squad itself is, is outperforming. Um, if you look at the size of our squad, we've got such limited resources at the moment we didn't bring in many many over the many over the transfer window um we lost quite a lot we lost a lot of our big earners and uh that's been telling in the in um the, the squad rotation has been doing because with such an aggressive schedule due to the the season starting late with covid um, he's having to rotate, he's having to play players in positions what to want to he's having to play players that when he first came here he wouldn't have wanted to play full stop um, but there's been some absolute revelations this season um, Dyke Steele at the back has come in and he's been magnificent he's been a completely different player and I think a lot of that's due to pairing him with McNair who's playing apps. He's playing out of his skin at the moment but pairing him alongside him has given Dyke Steele just that bit of direction that he needed uh, Mark Baller, who we sent back to Blackpool on loan, and even Blackpool didn't want to play him. Um, he's coming to the team and he's playing brilliantly at the moment. Um, Spence on the side's doing okay. Um, we brought in Morsey, who just seems to be a little bit more of a structure in the midfield, which allows Savile to play his natural game. Because in the last four or five games, Savile's been absolutely absolutely brilliant as well and he's been one of our main creators or scorers so the whole setup now is complete is, is a complete um it's 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 just unrecognizable from where we were last season um i mean last last year we we, we came down to um we came down to brentford and we actually raised our game in there because 
we are a losing run against Brentford, and they've been deserved losses. You know, they're you know taking nothing away from Brentford at all. There's a few times where we've beaten them in recent times, and we shouldn't have. But these performances that Brentford have been putting against us, they've been um, top notch, and they deserve victory every time. So we know when we come down here, um, we're expecting a tough game. And it's going to be the same this season. I mean, Ivan Tony has started the season for Brentford absolutely on fire. And he is the danger. I think if we can keep Tony quiet, we've got more of a chance of getting something out of this game. Honest, honest thoughts, we've got to do something. Um, we've got to do something for... For, for Tony and I think what we'll do is we'll just try and frustrate Brentford I think we'll sit four defenders or five defenders we'll sit three midfielders in front one up front we'll try and snatch a goal on the break or we'll try and snatch a goal with um, with a set piece and then try and defend it that's the way we seem to be playing a lot of our games this season when we've been playing the, the better teams of the division that's the way we've actually been trying to structure it in that we just want to frustrate them we want to keep it tight at the back we don't want to concede we want to eke out a chance we want to get a goal and then try and get out a dodge with a win it's worked in a lot of occasions I think Cardiff was the only time it didn't work where we conceded a sloppy goal um, and Blackburn in the last game we just couldn't get that breakthrough um, if we'd have managed to get the breakthrough it would have been interesting to see if we'd have built on it because the Blackburn performance was actually better than a lot of the games where we've won this season so I'm actually going to sit on the fence on this one and I think we're going to come, we're going to frustrate we're going to try and, there's no, another smash and grab raid on you and I think ultimately it's going to be a draw um, I can't see us not conceding but then I think we might sneak one at the other end, even though that's where that's where our Achilles heel's been this season in scoring goals. But I think we'll sneak one. We'll get a one-one draw. Thanks, guys. Stay safe. So the rubble, Andy Rubble, Andy Roberts from the Smoky Scholars podcast always comes down. Always have a beer with him when he comes down. He sometimes stays overnight as the borough crew do. He's gutted. He couldn't come down this year as well. And like I said to you, we normally go up there and we stay overnight as well and we have a beer. So yeah, but not this time. So, uh, and last time I spoke to him, I speak to him a lot, Andy as well, and he's gutted, especially last season, you know, with, um, well, you know, they, they thought they'll be doing all right last season. They started off with that Luton game, which was a bit of a mad game, and they seemed to be holding their own. Then after that, it just kind of went all horribly, horribly wrong. And Woodgate was there, and he's like a borough boy, and they're all sticking behind him. But it just didn't seem to go for them last season. And in the end, the borough fans had to say, look, Woodgate, not been funny mate but it's got to go you've just lost you've lost everything you lost the crowd you're losing the dressing room you're losing the plot he, he had that scenario where he um he uh he, he had an off with you know with caroline on sky as well you know caroline barker and she tried to interview him and he was properly off on that one enough it was a bit out of order to be quite honest with you and i know understand you know managers head coaches can have, have a little bit of pressure but you've got to be able to handle that pressure and you've got to kind of like you know have a little bit of a a little bit of um respect i think with the managers out there and I think in effect what he was almost saying you could see he was kind of like you know what do you know do you want to be head coach why are you asking what, what, he was that kind of vibe you know and I think there was a bit of a kind of I don't, you know, I don't want to make a presumption but I don't know if you know the, the male female thing that was going on where it was like why are you asking me those questions what do you know about this there kind of seemed to be a little bit of that going on there and you know he lost the plot he's left and now um, Neil Warnock is in and he's doing a fabulous job and they even talking about Borough 
making the playoffs. A little bit worrying us going there because they've got a very tight defence like they used to do back in the Karenka days, Laney. Do you think Ivan Tony is going to be 46 on 46 still? Yeah, I, 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 don't, I don't see us uh, not creating chances. I don't, I don't see Tony stop scoring goals. Um, as I said, if he, keep, if he can keep fit, then he, can, he continues to score, in, in my mind. Uh, yeah, you're right. You know, again, another, another team that are in you know, the top half of the well, top, top six at the moment, um, they've had a good start. And uh, you know, we've got our work cut out. We, we, don't, we, we can't turn up and just expect to win. We've got to earn, earn our victories, and uh, you know we, we do need, but we do need to improve on Tuesday's performance. Clearly, you know I'm, I'm not, I'm not masking the fact that Tuesday was was below par and below what we expect of, of a lot of players. That's, that's a fact, you know. Um, but there's a the, the, the good thing about this season is you only got to wait a couple of days before you get a chance to put it right, which was the, exactly what happened at Luton at Kenilworth Road last week. We, we needed big performances, and we got what we got. What, we got those. We got three, three, three goals and, and three points. We have to win on on, on Saturday. We don't even have to win. It's not the end of the world if we don't. But I, I just think it will do us all good to, to get those three points and uh, uh, and to, to see an improved performance at 100. percent Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd say that, and, and obviously we want to. But again, we, you know, we're talking about sides that we. That we kind of get, you know, well, we don't get the results against them that, that, that we that we expect them to. And Borough, you know, are probably one of these teams where, you know, at the moment, um, you know, if we played them last season, you know, are they like a sort of Nottingham Forest? Um, you know, Nottingham Forest last season, you know, they came down to us and, you know, they gave us a few problems. Um, and I'm just sort of thinking to myself, you know, Middlesbrough. Of course, I'd love to get a result against them. But, you know, is it a case that we, you know, they're coming down to Brentford. Yes, we should get three points because they're on our turf. But do we just keep it tight again and just make sure that we don't lose? Because like I said to you, you know, a quarter of our games, we lost 1-0 last season. This is totally the type of team that we lose against. I mean, what are they good at? You know, they're good at a lot of things, you know, attacking set pieces. You know, they've got a lot of skills, so they create chances through that skill. They steal the ball from the opposition very good at that as well creating scoring chances as well you know they've got um, um, Atpom in their side as well our old boy and I'm sure he'll be wanting to come back there and, uh, and, 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 and then cause a few problems especially the, you know the time that he went here when he was actually sent packing after <laughs> there's a little bit of a fracas on the, on the training ground that he was involved in like you know what I'm saying so I think you know he's grown up now he went over to Greece and uh, he was highly regarded out there you know didn't score a hatful of goals but he's come back there and he's going to prove himself against us so we've got these players out there you're going to cause us problems they're you know good at shooting from direct free kicks as well and creating chances through through balls and where they're weak you know keeping possession of the ball and that's where we need to kind of really kind of tuck right in you know if we kind of steal the ball off and we need to you know the break quickly and actually kind of put away the chances because we only might only get sort of three or four chances with Neil Warnock's very tight defense that he's created for this new Middlesbrough side. Yeah, they got George Savile come back. Um, they got Brett Sombolonga as well. They 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 got they got some decent players. I mean, I, they, although they they only drew at Blackburn midweek, which you know again, well that's a solid point. And the, the, I think one of the previous victories they had was away at Bristol City, and they were literally gifted that goal. The the goalkeeper just literally you know, uh, well sorry, the defender um, had an absolute absolute mare and just gifted Savile the winning goal so you know I think they've been a little bit 
little bit jarsy here and there, and um, some you know some of their you know especially one of their wins, I just thought they, it was probably a draw. So uh, yeah, it, they they will be set up and organised. You know, um, Warnock has has got got that reputation for you know taking teams up from this division. It's it's it's. He's been there, seen it, done it, um, and he's he's now at a, a, a pretty big club. So, you know, there's 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 every chance that uh, he will be able to prepare him to be uh, performing at a decent level all season. He, he, man- he manages to get that out of his players. So, uh, yeah, it's a, a toughie. As I said, you know, we don't just we don't turn up expecting them to roll over and give us the points. We've got to earn it, and uh, you know, we, we just have to trust our players to to to, to you know. Go go that extra mile on Saturday and uh, and put put disappointments of Tuesday behind us. Fingers crossed. I mean, looking where Borough are on the expected goals table again, the league table that you know many statisticians use, including you know Matthew Denham. He's got his own one to sort of see where they are. So it's not the real table, but it's a table which says that you know create based on the chances that you've created, and I think also the chances that you uh, are against you as well shows you where you should be in the table. Like I said to you, we're top, and Middlesbrough are fifth with Swansea, Blackburn, and Norwich above them, and with Brentford at the top of that table, and just below them is Bournemouth and Cardiff as well. So from that, the indicator is that they're actually. You know they're doing all right. They're doing the right things up front. They're doing the right things in defence. So they're definitely a side that we're going to have to watch out for. And if you look at the fact that Swansea are just above them, we got a one-all draw against them as well. You know Middlesbrough coming down. You know if we can nick a win, it'd be fantastic if we can nick a win for them. I mean Norwich are just below us in second place, and we we, we got a draw in them. We were disappointed. So it kind of goes to show you where I suppose if we want to be pushing up the table, if we get a win. That is a good sign. If we get a draw, it's not a terrible sign. You know what I'm saying? Lee? Yeah, and they've got Bettinelli in goal as well. He's the Fulham goalkeeper. He likes conceding goals against Brentford. So uh, <laughs> hopefully he can continue that uh, that rich vein of form. Fingers crossed he will contain it. So listen, continue it and contain it. Do whatever. Hopefully he won't be containing anything. He'll be containing the ball when he pulls it out the back of the net. But Laney, give us a score prediction. Well, hopefully he's got well-lubricated gloves. And um, <laughs> I'm, I'm going for a 2-1 two, Brentford win. Okay, and I'm going to go for a 1-0 Brentford win. Keeping it tight, Ivan Tony still on for his 46 goals in 46 games. But listen, this is the Besotted Pride of West London podcast. Great having you on board again. And look at these things, these podcasts come around so quick, so fast. These matches come around so fast. Like I said to you, if you want to buy us a beer during lockdown, just go to besotted.com. That's B-E-E-S-O-T-T-E-D.com forward slash beer. Very simple besotted.com forward slash beer and you can buy us a beer and we really appreciate it. there's no object you know there's no obligation whatsoever you can just do whatever you want to there as well we'll be back here on Saturday um, actually no well I don't know I'm going to do the post-match podcast with Bill you're sounding, you're sounding quite thirsty actually sounded quite what? Thirsty. I'm quite thirsty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I might, might pop out and just have a beer. Myself, get, you know, just yeah, I might have a beer. Just pop out. And, you know, all the pubs are going to be shut, so I can't go there. So I have to pop down to Sainsbury's and get myself a zero percent of uh, what was that? I'll go get nanny state. I'll get myself a nanny state actually. So that's what I'm going to do. We work out what we're going to do about the post-match podcast. We might have to go back to the old-school lockdown styley where we were going around to everybody's virtual joints and doing that. We'll see how that goes, won't we, Laney? 
yeah, I'm not sitting. I'm not sitting in the garden this time though. It's a bit too cold for that now. So uh, yeah, it's very different. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be different. So, but listen, Saturday Borough coming down, get three points there. We're going to be laughing if they don't. Listen, don't worry about too much about it. They're coming thick and fast as they are. Listen, everybody, stay safe. This is the lockdown period. We want everybody to get better. We want the country to get better. We want to be getting back on our feet. Save grassroots football, as they say. We want grassroots football back. We want real football back. We want fans back in the stadium. So we need to get this. Uh, the R level down and we need to get you know things up and happening again so have a good lockdown month off we'll be keeping in touch with you with the bees action as we say come on come on you, come bees. you bees you bees build a wall build a wall and he will score Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.